Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Christy Howell with the Burlington County Regional Chamber of Commerce. Welcome, Christy. Hi, Lee. Thanks for having me today. Well, before we get too far into things, tell us about the BCRCC. So we are a regional business membership organization located in the heart of New Jersey, uh, just the tip of central Jersey. As you may know, New Jersey, we're divided into north and south. And uh, we serve over 500 plus member businesses uh, in our region, uh, including the greater Philadelphia area. Mercer County, Gloucester, Camden County, any business that really wants to do business in Burlington County um, with us and wants to uh, grow their business and connect with uh, like-minded business people. Well, what's your backstory? How'd you get involved with Chambers of Commerce? So I have a really interesting backstory. Um, I went to Widener University. I was a government politics major and I was planning on going to law school. I interned at the Delaware County Chamber of Commerce in their government affairs department. Really enjoyed it there. Um, decided to take a year off before I went to law school. I ended up never going to law school, worked for Governor Christy Whitman and then acting governor and Senate President Don DeFrancesco. Um, Found myself on the losing end of a campaign looking for next steps. And uh, this organization was like the little engine that could. So after about nine years in uh, government, I began my 18-year so far career here um, you know, at the chamber, and I just saw it as a great opportunity to do something new. Um, quite frankly, Lee, I honestly, having interned at the Delaware County Chamber, thought the interview process would get my foot in the door. I was just 30 years old, so I figured it would get my foot in the door, maybe land me a spot in government affairs. Um, you know, take yourself back 18 years ago, there wasn't much of much interactive websites, things like that, so I couldn't find out a whole lot about the organization. Little did I know that there were two people uh, employed here at the time and there was no government affairs department, but um, it was, it's been a great opportunity. We have uh, on a good day, pre COVID, uh, you know, up to four employees here now um, serving over, you know, 32,000 employees uh, in our region. And uh, like I said, 500 plus businesses and uh, you know, over 2000 people that we connect with on a daily basis. Now, uh, what are some of the pivots you had to make because of the pandemic? Because some of the most important parts of being involved with the chamber are those kind of face-to-face interactions, the meetings, the education, the networking that goes on. How were you able to kind of um, thread that needle and still offer those kind of things with, you know, most of things happening virtually now? Yeah, uh, thanks for asking that, Lee. So one of our biggest pivots was uh, we had to lay off our staff. Um, you know, as of April 1st, I was the only employee here and that was really just to conserve our cash, um, and make sure that we could get through the pandemic. Uh, we were lucky to have a, a nice little nest egg, uh, to get us through that. But we obviously, as many people, you know, just like us didn't know how long it was going to last and we still don't really know. So, you know, we did that. So I found myself being a one woman show, um, and quickly pivoting before New Jersey shut down just a few days before New Jersey shut down. Um, we immediately did a Zoom um, with one of our folks who um, is an industrial uh, an industrial engineer type person who came in and talked about all the COVID stuff, how to clean, what to do, 
things like that. And that really launched it for us. Um, since that's happened, we've had over 75 virtual programs for our members, whether it be meeting with elected officials, um, talking with them one-on-one, -on -one, um, you know, about what's going on with their business to virtual networking events, to just basic education on continuing marketing strategies, social media strategies, um, you know, how to sell when no one's buying, um, you know, and a number of other things. Our Women's Business Network, instead of having, you know, an in-person event every other uh, every other month, they went to a, a bi-monthly coffee and connections in the afternoon, and uh, we just made it work. You know, we just, uh, we surveyed our members, which is really important to us. We're really big about serving our members, asking them what they need. We, of course, responded quickly with information on PPP and IDLE, and our state rolled out, a, a, you know, some New Jersey Economic Development Authority grants. So we quickly, you know, put programs together like that. But, you know, the playbook, the playbook got thrown out the door. And instead of having an entire year of programming planned, as I did, I was planning about two weeks at a time, um, just on what was what current issues and what our members really needed to do. And, you know, we find that we're most successful when we resp respond to our members' needs. And yeah. that's exactly what we did. And that is good advice for everybody is to listen to your customer because uh, they'll tell you what they need. They're not shy about that. That is correct. And they did. Probably some of our best answered surveys came during COVID as they were telling us what they needed and how they, we could help. The other thing we did, Lee, that I thought was, um, you know, it wasn't really unique to us, but I thought was very important. As our restaurant community, you know, went to take out, we continued on a weekly basis to get information out to our members and, and to the community at large as to who was doing takeout, how to access that, and how to just keep supporting this community that was probably one of the hardest hit, um, you know, by the pandemic. Right. And it's, uh, I'm sure it's rewarding to you. I know it's rewarding to me that I get to talk to business owners every day is just the resilience of business folks. They just are just, they're never going to quit. They're just going to figure out a way and they're just going to keep grinding. It, it's just amazing and inspirational. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just some of them have, who have been knocked down, just how they've been resilient. And, uh, you know, a lot of them, especially in our restaurant world, who said, you know, we never had a big takeout business, but now we know how to do it, you know? So, you know, you can't get a reservation here on Mother's Day. You can have the same great food and take it home, perhaps. So I think we're going to see a new, you know, a new line of business open for many of our of our members. Right. Now, how many future restaurant owners are going to have some sort of a curbside or delivery or takeout is going to be now a big chunk of their business where maybe it was an afterthought uh, previously? Yeah, absolutely. And I think as a consumer, it was an afterthought. I mean, I think about some of the uh, white tablecloth restaurants, you know, that I go to business lunches and dinners and things like that at and enjoy holiday meals at. And I would have never really thought about doing takeout from them. You know, that's just not where you think about getting takeout from, right? You take out, you think about takeout from your local pizza place or the barbecue joint or something like that. And, um, and now I even, as a consumer, think about takeout, you know, a nice dinner at home on a Friday night instead of going out. Um, you know, so it's an, it's an interesting pivot all around. Yeah, it's really been uh, fascinating for me. We had a restaurant that I hadn't been to, but they were doing a Zoom meal, which you picked up from their restaurant that included wine. And then they had a vineyard uh, CEO talk about the wine all on a Zoom call, which was, you know, 30, 40 people. 
eating together the meal from the restaurant, listening to this uh, wine expert talk about why that wine's a good pairing with this food that never would have happened, you know, if there wasn't the pandemic. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the creativity is really amazing. And and some of that, it's like you said, some of that's going to, um, kind of linger on after the pandemic. Those are the silver linings that are going to open up new lines of business for some folks. Well, and I think it's going to be a determination of survival too. You know, who survives? I've talked to some people who have said we've found a new line of business and a new opportunity and how to run it effectively. And then some other folks who have said, gee, I can't wait to get back to normal. So I don't have to do this and aren't really seeing those opportunities. So I'm hopeful that a lot of our members will see what the new opportunities are um, and take advantage of them. Now, in your region, are there certain uh, industries that are kind of the main focus of the region where that you specialize in helping? So we are really a professional services organization. That's really our sweet spot. We help uh, those members who do B2B uh, the best, although our restaurants are sort of an anomaly for us because we can host events and kind of promote them in a different way. So we certainly help help those a lot. But um, certainly our B2B folks are architects, engineers, lawyers, uh, accountants, marketing professionals, you name it. That's really our sweet spot um, here because Burlington County is just so diverse. We go from the Atlantic Ocean to the Delaware River. Um, you can be in one town that's that looks like a you know amazing little city and drive seven minutes, eight minutes, outside and be in farm country uh you know so we have everything from some of the largest um we're home to some of the largest uh u.s headquarters of some important businesses um to uh farmland uh we're actually the um second largest grower of cranberries in the nation here in burlington county and in south jersey so uh we kind of have a little bit of everything but again for us it's hard to serve a little bit of everybody so we really focus uh, on those uh, B2B businesses. And then we work on the B2C businesses in the downtown, mom and pop shops, um, those kind of folks in partnership with our local business associations. We have 13 local business associations that serve our downtown communities and a lot of those small shops run by, you know, mom and dad, husband and wife, uh, things of that nature. So we work with them to help provide integral services to them that they wouldn't otherwise get access to, but they don't really need all the time you know, like an, an opportunity to, uh, you know, be online with our congressman or attend a breakfast with the congressman, things of that nature. So we extend those critical uh, resources to them through our relationships with our local business association partners. Now, how important is that kind of government ad, ad, advocacy uh, to you guys? Like, is that a big part of what you're doing or is it more of the outreach and serving the local business folks? So uh, the advocacy is about probably uh, 20 or 25% of what we do. Um, and again, advocacy, because we're a 501c6 nonprofit, so we don't lobby advocacy. But let me tell you how very important that is. Um, on 4th of July weekend, um, someone from the health department or therefore, I don't have all the, the details, walked into a restaurant and said, you know, you have a fixed roof. Therefore, you don't qualify under the governor's open air um, rules and you're closed and closed about, I don't know, a half a dozen to a dozen other restaurants. Well, thankfully we had built tremendous relationships with our state Senator. So did most of these restaurants. And by Monday afternoon, unfortunately we 
you know, had to live through the holiday weekend with some of this, but by Monday afternoon, you know, the governor revised his order, um, realized that fixed roofs with three open, open sides were just as good as a tent. And, um, you know, these businesses could resume um, and we got it solved very quickly. So that advocacy is just so important. Lee, the other thing we were able to offer because of this advocacy is I've had several roundtables where our elected officials, our, our state senator, our assembly women, our assembly persons, um, even our congressmen have listened. We've been able to put five, six, eight business people together on a roundtable and let them um, talk to those folks about their concerns. Um, you know what what's impacting them during COVID. Um, one of our members actually even got spotlighted by the governor at his daily press conference um, because of the advocacy work that we do and what he was able to do to kind of protect his employees and so forth um, with PPP, um, through the PPP loan, the New Jersey uh, EDA loan, and how he was able to, uh, you know, protect and uh, protect and keep moving. So that becomes really critical to us. Uh, you know, you don't know you need it until you need it. And as I always tell businesses, it's important to build it. Uh, when you don't need it. So it's in your back pocket when you do need it. Right. I think that a lot of business folks don't appreciate the chambers of commerce and all their work they're doing behind the scenes. They think of it maybe as just, oh, that's a networking thing, or they have, you know, meals periodically or morning stuff, but they don't understand that this behind the scenes stuff, it's like you say, is kind of an insurance policy for them. And the more active they are, then they get kind of a seat at the table so they can express what's important to them. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, there's there's no better opportunity than really being able to sit down one on one or even five to one uh, with your elected officials. And I know some of the concerns that we voiced, um, our elected officials took back to Trenton with them and we were able to see some changes um, done pretty quickly to help our business community continue to prosper, um, you know, during COVID-19 and, and during this time. So, you know, we were really happy about the results of, of those meetings we had and the relationships that we've built. So now when you're going out and kind of evangelizing the chamber to the business folks in your community, uh, what's kind of your sales pitch to them? You know, my sales pitch, Lee, is really, um, you know, we're all in this together. And whether you need us today um, or you need us, you know, six months or six years from now, you know, it's important to be a part of us now. I see so many people that call me, you know, when, when they're on the verge of a, of a trouble, of trouble or a problem or an issue. Um, and we don't have that relationship or when they need somebody and they don't have that relationship. So really our, our whole thing is it's about building relationships um, and getting to know people. And I've got, you know, over 18 years, I've got dozens and dozens of stories from businesses that have said, you know, I met this guy 12 years ago, I never thought I would need him. And all of a sudden, fast forward, something's happened in my business or my personal life, and I needed him. And um, thank God I knew him. And I built a business relationship with him by seeing him over and over and over again at chamber events, and and really was able to hire somebody that I knew and trusted, um, you know, to get the job done. So, you know, that's really what we talk about, you know, it's really that referral network and that opportunity to really know somebody and uh, call on somebody that you trust when you need something done. And then in order to get the most out of a relationship with a chamber, this isn't something that you just pay your dues and think you're done. I think the people who get the most out of it really get involved and volunteer, and then they take leadership positions, and then they really, you know, kind of get engaged at a high level in order to kind of get the most value from their membership. Is that what you find? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whether they volunteer or whether they just show up, you know, we have, 
you know, numbers and a number of programs every month, including our general membership luncheon. And sometimes it's just a matter of showing up and, um, you, you would be surprised and maybe you wouldn't about how many calls I get after events and someone will describe someone to me and say, I met this guy, you know, he was wearing a black shirt. I think he's in the spa business, <laughs> but I'm not sure. But we talked about a gift from my mother or something and, uh, you know, and I go, oh, it was so-and-so and, you know, here's how to connect with them. Um, you know, so sometimes it's just about being present and that's, you know, we only have so many volunteer spots and so many leadership spots and, it's so, you know, the more important thing is being present and being engaged and involved. And, and like you said, not just paying your dues and hoping, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, you're going to get some business out of it. I see far too many folks who leave us after, you know, a year or so because they said, oh, I didn't get any business out of it. And I look at their record and find out that they came to three events in their first three months and never, never returned. And that's just not the way it is. Um, you know, a lot of my board members will tell stories about how it took two and three years for them to get business. And now they're getting business, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, um, because they've built those relationships. So people have to understand that this is a long-term, you know, investment and um, relationship building in general is a long-term investment. And certainly doing that through a chamber of commerce is a long-term investment. Right. And it's not like an ATM machine where you pay money and then more money comes out the bottom. Uh, you know, like it, this is something that you got to really go in with a heart of service. It's, it's not a transaction where you show up and, and, and people are going to buy your stuff. You got to kind of earn the trust over time. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes someone will hear a story and they'll say, Oh, well, you know, I heard so-and-so got business within his first three months. Well, sometimes it's just right place, right time, right? Someone was looking to build a new website that day and you got the business or someone was looking for, you know, a gift card for his or her mom for mother's day and, you know, they went to the spa to get it, you know, so sometimes it's right place, right time. But, you know, those are few and far between and, and not the norm. Now, um, in our business, we get to spotlight kind of these underserved groups um, that maybe don't get the attention that other groups have. Do you have something similar in the chamber where you're do, um, you know, maybe kind of these subgroups with uh, um, groups that maybe aren't uh the typical uh, business owner or that maybe aren't the mainstream, maybe they're um, women owned business or minority owned business or veteran owned businesses. Do you do things kind of spe for special interest groups? We, we certainly do Lee. Um, we have an emerging leaders network, um, which is near and dear to me. It, it's our 40 and under set and um, it's really grooming them to be our future leaders and helping to, to develop those guys and gals. Um, then we have our women's business network, which is, you know, anywhere from women business owners to women executives and just giving them an opportunity to kind of connect with each other, um, talk with each other, you know, learn from each other. Um, but, you know, you talk about the business executives, you know, we even have an executive connection network for our business owners and executives to just sit together and talk about, you know, what they need to talk about outside of the other white noise. Um, we are setting up a diversity, equity and inclusion group. Um, which will be looking at minority and other businesses. And um, we work with the Veterans Chamber here in New Jersey as we're home to Joint Base McGuire Dix Lake Curse, which is the largest uh, joint base uh, in our nation. And um, the only tri service, um, and actually more than tri service, it's a tri service partnership with the uh, Air Force, Army, and Navy, but it also has the Marine Corps um, and uh, the Coast Guard on it. So, only, only base that has all five services on it. Um, so, we work with those veterans you know, for sure, but we haven't, uh, 
gotten into that that group yet um, to to uh, have a specialty group just for veterans. But you know, it's funny you should say that we've got Veterans Day coming up in a few weeks, and um, our luncheon program for that that month will really focus on veterans in business, veteran entrepreneurs, um, programs and services for veterans. So if it's not an ongoing group, sometimes it's a specialty program a couple times a year that really focuses on um, those those niches that are near and dear to our community. Now, um, as you go through your career and you've been involved in chamber work for a long time, what is something that uh, at the end of your career you're going to look back on and say, you know what, I made a difference in this area or that area? What What is going to be some legacy that you're, you're trying to kind of work towards? Uh, the programs, really the programs that we have here. Uh, we didn't have these programs when I got here. There wasn't a women's network, a young professionals network. Um, you know, I hope to look back and see some of my young professionals in leadership positions and be able to say it was the programs and services and, and hopefully even my mentorship that helped, you know, get them there. Um, but really to look back on the camaraderie that this business community has in Burlington County and to see people helping each other. Um, and we saw that during COVID-19 for sure. Um, that's just an accomplishment, um, you know, that I'm just so proud of to see how everyone really comes together um, under the chamber umbrella to help each other out when they, when uh, the need comes. Well, thank you, Chris. I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was going to say, and our nonprofits as well. I mean, our members have come out tenfold to help our nonprofits during this critical time. Well, thank you so much, Christy, for sharing your story today. If somebody wants to connect with you at the chamber or just maybe through LinkedIn, is it, what's the best coordinates to get a hold of you? Uh, BCRCC.com or Christy Howell on LinkedIn, for sure. You can also follow our Facebook page, BCR Chamber, and uh, or you can email me at khowell at BCRCC.com. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. You're doing such important work, and we appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks for having me today. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. Mm-hmm.